Hello and welcome to a edition of Der Ausblick, the first in a very, very long time. I'm joined by Tom Adams. Tom, are you ready to talk about some football that we will be having this very weekend? I am. I'm very, very excited. It's been felt like eons since it's matches have been played. We've all been going through this quarantine period, whatever you want to call it, and what has probably only been a month and a half, two months for some people, feels like it's been 50,000 years. So I am very, very excited to get back at it. At this point, we're only a couple days away. Bayern Munich play on Sunday in the afternoon, and I cannot freaking wait. Well, one person out there who could wait or feels that they could wait a little bit longer is Union Berlin defender Nevin Subotic, who is a former Borussia Dortmund defender, as some of you may recognize the name. Uh, earlier this week, he mentioned that he wasn't too excited about the decision to start as early as they have. He believes that the country still needs a little bit more time to go through testing and flattening the curve a little bit more before the Bundesliga is able to start off. While I do understand the concern, uh, I for one believe that According to at least the news and numbers that I have seen, Germany's been probably the best country in Europe in terms of following social distancing, keeping people inside, and also in terms of testing and developing a vaccine, they're pretty advanced on the scientific front as well. So, Tom, what do you think about Subotic's comments, and do you think it's a bit too early to be starting the league? This is kind of a tough one for me. Um, I'm actually a big fan uh, of Subotic and everything uh, he's done in his career and how long he's been in the, the Bundesliga. Um, I know that a lot of our listeners out there are avid watchers of the league itself, other than just Bayern Munich. Um, I remember seeing a segment that the Bundesliga had done that aired on, uh, it might have been Fox Soccer 2 or Fox Soccer Plus, one of the, the Fox Soccer uh, channels here in the U.S., um, and they were doing a player profile on Subotic uh, and his time with Union Berlin, and, you know, he's a real working-class guy, and, you know, the type of player that you want both on the pitch and in the dressing room with the experience that he has, and he's the type of guy that the uh, the segment was saying, you know, he'll take the public train to the training ground every day and converse with the fans because, you know, he's in a place where the fan base doesn't really swarm or bombard him trying to get autographs or selfies with the phones or you know, et cetera, et cetera. And he's always open to converse with the fans and hear what they have to say. And to me, that's that's just a real working class type of player that I, I really like how he's humble like that, despite everything he's achieved uh, throughout his career in the Bundesliga. So I don't think um, his comments are unwarranted. I have empathy for any player who feels a little bit uncomfortable that the league uh, is restarting right now. But on the other side of the coin, I do have every bit of confidence uh, in the t medical task force that was set up by the DFL in close correspondence with Angela Merkel and all of the appropriate health officials uh, on the German government. You know, they would not have greenlit matches being resumed if it wasn't safe enough after careful, careful review. And I think that's the, uh, the key phrase here. You know, everything was examined down to a T to make sure that uh, the health and safety of all the players, staff members, and everyone it takes to put on uh, these matches was going to be good. So I think that um, everything should be okay, keeping my fingers crossed. Obviously, everyone's health and safety is the most important thing, but football is back. Let's enjoy it. 
So let us talk about something that we can enjoy. At least let's start from an Union fan's perspective, right? They haven't had a lot going for them so far this year, but they've been performing better than most people thought. A lot of people at the beginning of the season projected that Union would be going down this season. Instead, they've surprised a lot of people ever since their third game of the season when they beat Borussia Dortmund this time of the year. They are currently 11th place with a minus 9 goal difference, which isn't really terribly helpful, but they are at 30 points and pretty safe from the relegation zone or the relegation playoff spot as well. Most of their scoring output has come from a Swedish forward, Sebastian Andersson. They've also had some help from players like Marcus Ingvartsen and Marius Butler as well. Tom, what do you expect from this Union attack when the games start up this Sunday? Well, I will say... If we want to use the first time we met Union Berlin at the Allianz Arena earlier this season, both sides were completely different. Way back then, I believe Nico Kovac was actually still in charge at the time. Uh, if you recall, we came out 2-1 winners, but it was one of the scrappiest performances of the season. And, and Union Berlin actually probably had uh, the better share of chances uh, while Bayern had the lion's share of possession. But it was just one of those real scrap games where we were very, very lucky uh, to come out on top. You know, guys like Sebastian Anderson, as you mentioned, a big physical guy up top, gave us a lot of trouble. Uh, the guy who came on for him, I believe, in that game, uh, Sebastian Poulter, if you recall, Pavar gave up that penalty right at the end after Manuel Neuer had saved a penalty before from Anderson. Um, I believe that's how they got back into the game right at the end, and we barely hung on for that 2-1 win. So there's guys in the Union Berlin squad that can really cause us problems, especially knowing that at times... Um, our midfield and our defense can be our Achilles heel, but we are a completely new look team. Obviously, our form coming into this one, albeit with the giant pause due to the coronavirus, is uh, 10 wins out of our last 11 matches in the league. And Union Berlin, as you mentioned, they're just struggling to keep any sort of consistency. Every time they manage to get a positive result uh, and a win, it seems like they wind up losing the next two or three matches. And uh, before the coronavirus pandemic had brought everything to a screeching halt. They had had a relatively rough patch, you know, losing to Freiburg, uh, getting a draw against Wolf Wolfsburg, losing against Leverkusen, narrowly, albeit getting spanked by Borussia Dortmund 5-0 in the beginning of February. So it, very, very patchy and streaky of results across the board for Urs Fischer's men. So they're really going to have it up against them, especially with Bayern uh, being the first game without the fans. And I think we all know how cool... Union Berlin Stadium is with the fact that the fans uh, gave up their own time to build half of the stadium, if not all of it. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I believe it was uh, most of the stadium that the fans helped build. You know, that is one of those smaller venues where the fans are really on top of you and, you know, basically right on top of the pitch, and it generates a lot of noise and a fantastic atmosphere um, that obviously just won't be there with the concept of Geisterspiel because of the uh, the virus. I guess it's a good thing that Union have been doing so well so that next year we can expect a really raucous atmosphere when Bayern goes up north to East Berlin to the Stadion an der Alten Försterei in order to play against that Union side. Meanwhile, we will turn our attention back to our own side. We've lost a couple of people in training after months off due to the coronavirus a couple of weeks ago Bayern Munich resumed training since then we've lost two 
midfielders, one of which has only come to us on loan. One of us, one of them is one of our own. I'm talking about Philippe Coutinho and Corentin Tolisso. Tom, Philippe Coutinho is our third highest goal scorer in the league with eight goals. Do you think that he is going to be missed at all on this roster? Do you think that his absence will leave an impact on this team? Well, their decisions will definitely be split on Coutinho and his time at Bayern. Basically, anybody uh, who's of a certain caliber of a player is going to be missed with this uh, severely truncated schedule because there's just going to be so many matches in a short period of time. And yes, uh, the IFAB have approved the rule for five subs, but the less people you have in your roster that are fully fit and available, uh, the less you can use those subs uh, in the manner that you would want to um, from a first-tier perspective. And obviously, Coutinho's form has been quite streaky. We've seen what he can do when he's at his best, uh, scoring a hat-trick against Werder Bremen earlier this season. Um, but we've also seen him at his worst when he barely uh, can get a foot in into the game and it just kind of goes goes as a ghost you know, most of the time and hardly gets a touch on the ball. But I think having both him and Tolisso out uh, of the lineup, at least for the foreseeable future, um, I don't think either of those guys are going to make a return before the league resumes. Coutinho maybe has a shot, depending on when uh, the Champions League resumes, which would be nice for him if he could get some matches there whenever that's greenlit. Uh, but I think those are two guys who are going to be a huge miss because you're going you're gonna to need all the depth um, that you can use especially with this really truncated, uh, awkward schedule where there's games every three to five matches. Um, while it is a, a huge negative, having having two guys like that uh, of that quality out of the lineup, I have every bit of confidence in Hante Flick that he knows what he's doing um, and that he's going to make the proper rotations, uh, particularly in midfield You know, with guys like Kingsley Coman, Serge Gnabry, Thomas Muller, Joshua Kimmich, Thiago Alcantara, Leon Goretzka. You know, et cetera, et cetera. He has a lot of guys that he can he can use and kind of move around as the games come. And obviously, he'll be looking at the schedule and prioritizing certain matches uh, over other ones as far as going absolutely uh, 100% strongest starting 11. Uh, and let's remember that Dortmund start off their schedule against Schalke, so he'll obviously be keeping a close eye on that to see um, how points go right below us in the table. So there's a, a lot of moving parts there, but. 100% both Tolisso and Coutinho are going to be huge misses in this run-in of uh, our remaining nine matches. So two have gone on to the injured list, but at the same time two come off of the injured list in the form of Ivan Perisic and Robert Lewandowski, both of which will be amazing contributions to the attack, especially as you did mention, there will be potentially five subs that Bayern Munich can use. Perisic might be able to be brought on to provide some key reinforcements in times where players are more run down. How much playing time do you think Perisic, because we know how important Lewandowski is, how much do you think Perisic will be able to contribute? I think he'll be able to contribute a lot, uh, especially when we look at what his form was like just before he sustained that ankle injury uh, in training. <coughs> cough, cough, Alvaro. Odriozola, did he do that on purpose? Maybe. We'll never know. But 
you know, all jokes aside, Ivan Perisic was was really proving his worth um, in that run of form just before he did pick up that injury, uh, especially in the role that he know he can utilize so well, coming on late into matches and being able to make a difference and keep a cool head, especially in a difficult situation. Um, and you did just mention Robert Lewandowski. He also is walking a bit of a disciplinary tightrope, so Perisic could actually be involved quite a bit uh, within the first three matches um, in Union Berlin, Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, and then Der Klassiker against Borussia Dortmund. Lewandowski is one yellow card away from receiving a one-match suspension, so I would venture to say that Hansi Flick would just start him against Union Berlin and play him as much as he can, and if he sees fit if we have enough of a cushion. He could perhaps take Lewandowski off uh, in the second half for a bit of a rest and perhaps even rest him or not start him against Eintracht Frankfurt uh, because if he gets the yellow against Berlin, he would miss the Frankfurt match. But if he gets that yellow uh, against Frankfurt, he would obviously miss Der Klassiker, which is definitely something you don't want, especially given how well Lewandowski has played against Dortmund the past couple times we've played them. Uh, so I think Flick has a couple decisions to make there, but Perisic could be one of the guys that would benefit because he might have to go with someone else up front against Eintracht Frankfurt, perhaps Xerxes, perhaps Gnabry, uh, Thomas Muller as a false nine, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And one question I actually had for you, I know we've had this conversation before, so you know, don't fix what's not broken. This back line that we've had uh, for their, the, the run-in has been perfect, or I should say almost perfect. Much, much improved from the beginning of the season. Davies, Alaba, Boateng, Pavar. Now, at a certain point with this truncated schedule, you're going to have to give some of those guys a rest. They can't be doing it for 90 minutes, you know, three times a week. So here's my question to you. Could this perhaps be a time when we see someone else swat in on left back and see Davies in midfield? It's not something that I would be opposed to. I just think that... Alfonso Davies has just proven himself to be such a high-class left back that I don't know why you would swap him out for anybody. What I think would be a little more interesting is how the rotation will look with players like Boateng in there, right? Because there's going to be weeks where we're, where it's going to be an English week, and it's going to be tough on the stamina of all of the players. So you begin to ask questions like, do we have two left-footed center backs? Because with all this time sitting at home, I'm pretty sure that Luca Hernandez is relatively healthy now and in pretty good playing condition, right? Do we slot him next to David Alaba? That's a question that I have. Another question could be, what if Hernandez isn't ready and Boateng isn't ready, right? Do we look at Javi Martinez? Do we go back to that failed experiment that we saw earlier in the year where he kept getting beaten by pacier attackers? Or do we look towards FC Bayern 2? Do we look at players like Chris Richards and Lars Lucas Mai to have them come on as potential bench players for Bayern Munich? So I think that would be a little bit more interesting. In terms of left back, I'm, I feel that Alfonso Davies is pretty set there. He's got it locked down. If anybody was to replace him, I would think that it would be Alaba sliding over and Davies getting a little bit of rest. Do I think that he can't play forward? No, of course not. But at the same time, it's a relatively established core with Coman, 
Gnabry, Perisic, Muller being able to slot over if he absolutely needed to. So I don't know. I think I think I think Davies is pretty set where he is. Now let's take a look at predictions, right, for this game. I'm thinking I'm thinking three one to Bayern if there were fans in the stands for this game. I would say only 1-0 or a 1-1 draw possibly because that crowd in East Berlin is very good. But the team in East Berlin has a little bit of work to do. So, Tom, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you actually you sound like Stefan Effenberg a little bit there. I actually was the one who wrote the story yesterday where he was uh, saying that he thinks that Geisterspiele, you know, no fans in the stadium is going to benefit a team like Bayern because they're a team that's not – uh, that dependent performance-wise on the the home field advantage like some of the other teams where, you know, you think Yellow Wall um, at the Westfalenstadion, you think of uh, the suit curve in, uh, in Bayern Munich, even though he's saying that we don't need it, but that definitely makes a difference, especially for some of the teams in the lower end of the table and, and the middle. But going off of that, I've actually, before we sat down to record this, probably about an hour ago, I simmed this on FIFA 20 uh, on Legendary AI, um, and I obviously played as Bayern Munich and came away with a 4-1 win. I had a Lewandowski brace in the first half, followed by a Thiago and Kimmich goal in the second half, but I did, I don't know what it is about Bayern and Union Berlin and us conceding penalties to them, uh, but I did concede a penalty to them right at the death of the first half, and it went 4-1. Um, so seeing as we've already conceded two penalties to them, the last time we played them, I, for whatever reason, just feel like it's going to happen again. But I'll go ahead and say that we come out 4-1 uh, winners um, on the afternoon and get the Bundesliga restart off to a winning start right where we left off before everything came to a screeching halt. So that will be fun and interesting to watch the game yet again this Sunday, May 17th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. That's whatever time it is, Central European. (laughs) I can't do the math in my head right now. But be sure to uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your quality audio content where we will be recapping this match, talking about other things, and previewing our next match on a full episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. So, thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks, at Jefferson Fenner, and at TommyAdams71, and read us every day at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode, and we will see you later. Auf Wiedersehen.